following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. You think you know me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep List, your home for list making here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. I am joined today, of course, by my main man, um, who I am so happy to see for the first time in 2024, Mr. Matt Johnson. Matt, how are you? We have a great list to do today. We sure do, buddy. It is all on you. I am great. I am excited and sad because my week off of work is coming to an end today um, at the end of today. But um, I'm elated. We are on the home stretch uh, for my for my current tenure here for Eat Sleep List. So I want to finish it out really strong and uh, and and put together some awesome great lists um you know for everybody to kind of listen to and enjoy so uh i was for the listeners um after deliberating and, and thought and kind of the week off i had trying to get everything prepped for uh for baby johnson i um i officially decided that the end of the month i will be done uh, and Brian will step in and uh, and take my place with alongside Dan, just so I can kind of get everything ready to go. Um, there's still so much to do uh, to get ready for the little one uh, before before they show up, and uh, and I think it's just best to kind of get my month in. So we got five more episodes of us um, for the time being. I don't know. I'm not going to put a date on the comeback because I don't know when, but. Um, but for the time being, this will be my my final stretch of episodes for uh, for for many months, for many months until uh, until the time is right to come back. So I'm um, looking forward to it. But yes, you did say we have a we have a great list today. It was your idea. You said you wanted to get it done before uh, before I step away, and I think it's a great one. Um, it's been a while since I've watched this much uh, this much wrestling uh, to kind of refresh the memory and uh, and and get everything all set for it. So I thank you for that. Yeah, I agree. This was one that uh, I kind of got inspired to do because, well, we first of all, we've talked about it forever doing something like this. This was one of the ones we both wanted to get done for a really long time. Yep. Um, but I've also been on a wrestling kick myself uh, lately in watching all these old matches, whether it be like old Royal Rumbles um, that are just on YouTube or, or one-offs or... Um, you know, the best of certain wrestlers. And it made me really want to get back into it. If you click down this episode, you know, um, we're doing our top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, and wrestling, of course, is something near and dear to my heart, is near and dear to Matt's heart. Um, we 
the first thing we really bonded over was wrestling. That's how we met uh, in general. And this was a fun one to do because I've always thought about this and I think I've made like two or three different lists, but this is going to be kind of the definitive one for me on who my favorites of all time are. And we have an added listception concept to this list where we're adding our top three favorite matches from these people too. So this really will give you an idea of the era of wrestling we're from and the people that inspired us to um, be bigger fans of the sport. Uh, Matt, I had a great time going down memory lane for some of these guys, especially because they're my favorites. I can only imagine what your research was like doing this. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I I, I really had to think because, you know, uh, I I feel like my – the top five is always there, but when you expand it to a top 10, sometimes the pieces are a little interchangeable. So I had to like kind of go back and I wanted to pick, you know, wrestlers um, that, you know, made me feel a type of way in in some form or fashion, like it gave me something to really root for, be invested in. But I also did like for some of them, um, I mean, most of them are pretty popular. There's a couple that are kind of like deep cuts that, you know, are like probably not on anybody else's top five or 10, which is exactly what I was hoping for. So um, so I'm actually really proud of this list and how it shaped up to be um, to be what it was. It, it it's 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 a it's a good mix. And you can definitely tell um, many of these had some kind of influence on my time in wrestling. Um, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that. And there's just other people who just, and I think this is a lost art in wrestling. A lot of these entertainers, they, they, again, they make you feel, they make you, um, like you watch the show to see them instead of just watching a wrestling show, you watch the wrestling show to see these specific people. And I think that's what makes, uh, what's, that's what makes pro wrestling great. And we're getting back to that point um once again it's been a little while i feel like on tv but we're we're getting back to that point where i'm really close to being to wanting to be able to pay to see a wrestling show again uh go to one so yeah yeah agreed especially when we have things uh which i'm sure both of these people are going to be in our list somewhere this past weekend you had the uh edge versus christian in a no dq match which it piqued my interest again and oh yeah i gotta i gotta definitely tune in to see these guys work because some of especially these guys a lot of these guys when they're on tv no matter who they're wrestling or if they're on a show no matter who they're wrestling you tune in you 100 percent tune into these people because they were captivating and they sold the art so so well um you know let's not explain anymore when it comes to this because i feel like we're going to have a lot of conversation to go over when it comes to these are you ready to dive into this matt Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. We're doing our top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time and their top three matches. Matt, number 10 on your list. Okay. So my number 10 is um, <laughs> I I absolutely loved watching uh, this guy perform. I used to love playing as, uh, in the video games as him. Um it's funny though because I was rewatching some of his matches today, and I was like, "Ooh, that didn't look the greatest." But, um, but he was like this bad dude, like 
I love his entrance theme. Um, his entrance theme is one of my favorites, which is another list that I'd like to do when I come back. Um, and I'm talking about the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock, <laughs> as my number yes. 10. Um, I was trying to think of some like great matches, and I, I had to rewatch some. Um, one of the ones that I included was his, you know, one of his matches in his feud with The Rock that uh that I really I really really enjoyed um as a kid he I think the king of the ring pay-per-view in 98 yes um they wrestled and Shamrock made him tap for the IC title and this is after they had a really good match at WrestleMania 14 too which they did they did which is weird but I I really liked it this was kind of Sham kind of it was Shamrock taking the IC belt off the rock so we can go on and do um you know, bigger and better things down the line with, you know, the, the corporate champion and all that jazz. Uh, the other one is another one I had was uh, versus Owen Hart from August 30th, 1998. I believe that's a SummerSlam pay-per-view, but they had a Lion's Den match. So it was like, it's, it's some special matches that. is so weird. Uh, but it was actually, it, it was a really cool concept. And it's a, kind of a shame with all the, the crossover that they do now with, you know, with with I mean Brock being UFC WWE guy and there's been a lot of like amateur wrestlers who I think who have converted to the pro style that I think would do well in that type of scenario. It's a shame that that match kind of went away. Um, but that one and then there was actually I really like this era too. There was a couple good uh, Shamrock title matches on Monday Night Raw. There was one against Brett, um, which didn't make the list, which is would have been like my number four. But uh, he had one against Shawn Michaels. On November 3rd, yes, it was November 3rd of 1997, um, which was, uh, actually, was November or was it, I think it might have been December. I think I might have wrote the date wrong, because uh, it was, I believe it was after uh, the screw job, and, um, or no, it wasn't, I'm sorry. It was it was going into it, uh, building up to it, but uh, but it was, it was. It was not bad. You could definitely tell the difference between Sean and Ken Shamrock's talent level and some of the things. There's a couple miscues in it, but it was just really cool to see Shamrock, who was kind of like a flash in the pan kind of guy, two, three years solid run, and then just disappeared. Uh, go toe to toe with some of the best wrestlers in the in the in the company at the time. So my number ten would be uh, Ken Shamrock. I love that pick, and you know I especially love it too, uh, because of everything related to mixed martial arts too that he did with that it was cool to see the early crossovers of some of those guys coming into pro wrestling like Absolutely. him uh dan severn was a big severn, part of yep. the wwf for a while um all these guys were kind of adding to the, the legitimacy of wrestling in a lot of different ways um that is an absolutely incredible pick yeah I, that uh match with him and the rock at king of the ring is very very underrated he was able to work everybody and make them look really really good in his time absolutely uh it was one of his, his strong points i actually studied him for a for a bit of a stretch when i was when i was when i was wrestling because i liked his way i liked his technical style i think that's what sold him so much on me was his technical style he couldn't reverse just about anything and put it into something else. I love that about him. And uh, some of his fire ups and stuff were a little goofy. He just did the, oh, yeah, like the yell thing. It just didn't work. Um, but overall, the, the he was real. He was very real. I still love the one where Vader, where he's fighting Vader 
and Vader tells him to lighten up, and he does it, and Vader just clocks him in the side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there are a couple instances of that that I love. Um, one being when Braun Strowman stiffed Brock by accident, and Brock oh, yeah. responded by just straight up punching him in the face. What do you say? Chill, chill the f out, or calm the f down, or something. So, yeah, something, something, something along those lines. <laughs> oh my god. Incredible. That is a really, really great pick to lead us off. Um, so there are two wrestlers um, on here that I consider to be in the category of the GOATs that are super unknown. So because of that, they're going to take the first two entries on my list. But I could not, in good faith with my wrestling background, not include these two. Um, <clears throat> for my number 10 on my greatest wrestlers of all time list, I'm putting Matt DeMorris on this list. Um, I had the pleasure of watching Matt DeMorris wrestle quite a bit um, during my upcoming and during my, I, I probably my highest period of interest in pro wrestling. Um, and in our era, Matt, we have the unique experience of being able to see backyard wrestling and um, other feds on YouTube while we were, you know, becoming fans and finding other people who are huge fans of it, too. Um, and Matt DeMorris might be one of the uh, biggest known backyard wrestlers in America as far as his body of work, as far as what he was traveling and what he was doing with. Um, he's a big dude. He's six one, six two. And probably about 220, 235 um, back in the backyard wrestling days, at least. And he could move like you would not believe. His athleticism was unlike anybody I've ever seen in the sport. Trampoline, ring, anything. He could absolutely adjust to it. Um, he was able to work for feds such as GCW, um, Chikara Pro. I know he was on for a while. Um, he made his way around absolutely everything uh my top three favorite matches of his are uh his match with william black i believe it was jwa that they had this match but um it's both of them squaring off on a playground in like uh new jersey nyc area and at one point he hits an f5 on william black that's just straight like there's no padding no nothing on that it's it's absolutely brutal, but classic match when it comes to that. Um, his first match with um, Twist, a.k.a. Kevin Bennett, is one of my favorites of all time um, because of the bad blood, too, personally, that there was at the time. Um, Kevin used to run his mouth a lot on uh, backyard messaging boards, and he kind of paid for it a little bit in that buildup. <laughs> but um, there, was, there was some very real energy between those two, but the match they put together, uh, the first of a couple they would go on to do, uh, was just fantastic. It was amazing energy. And then his second match with Alex Zane, uh, who Alex Zane has gone on to have success in pro wrestling uh, all over the world and be a name within his own right. Uh, but their match was one of the best told storylines I've ever seen without uh throughout wrestling um i've mentioned him before on this channel but if you have not seen matt demoris before go to youtube and check out some of the matches he has because they are for sure wwe quality and any wrestling quality really um but he takes the number 10 spot on my list mr matt demoris very good yeah i remember you mentioned him in the under i think that we did the underrated wrestling matches yes excuse me list yeah, I, and I believe you mentioned him 
I think I put that match with Alex Zane on there because it really is such a great, like, it shows you how much we were learning back in the day without, uh, even without the pro experience, we were finding it way before um, those times and had known a good amount about things before even coming in. Well, of course, we had people refining us and helping us along the way, but um, we did a pretty damn good job of uh, of learning things in our era of wrestling, for sure. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, without a doubt. I used to love hearing like y- your experiences coming up through wrestling because I didn't like... I did backyard wrestling amongst amongst a bunch of friends who never like tried like the pro stuff, but you were connected with a bunch of people that like ended up doing pro, like doing indie stuff, or you knew about, or, or people would travel from from place to place, and I always thought that was really cool. And I love I love when you bring up those names because there are a lot of people that that there are a lot of folks that people aren't familiar with. It deserves some kind of, you know, uh, and and it's it's fun. It's really fun. I I think, like backyard wrestling is a bad rap, but um, uh, I think there's a lot of fun. It, there's a there's a there's a certain amount of fun. It's like this 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 niche kind of following that I think is uh is missing from wrestling sometimes, and it it, it has a special feel to it. Yeah, it's a very personal kind of love with it when you see it from the angle I saw it from. And it's a very unique angle because of everything with Kevin, um, who I'll talk about more in, uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, there are there are definitely some unique perspectives I have through everything. And it, it just gives me more of an organic love for it. And I'm very appreciative of that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Very good. Love uh, that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt. Um, we are moving on to our number nine. Okay. So his star has kind of fizzled out, and I I feel like in recent years, depending on who you ask, he's still going strong. Um, but my number nine is Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, however, whatever you want to call him. I know him as Daniel Bryan because the reason why I fell in love with Daniel Bryan was, well, it, when I fell in love with him, his name was Daniel Bryan. Uh, his WWE run was so much fun, and it ended oh, the beginnings of it. It ended shitty. The concussion stuff, the injury stuff, they wouldn't use him correctly. He didn't make it rebound and come back, and then the first chance he had, he kind of he went to AEW. But um, I love Daniel Bryan's story, and, and maybe it's, you know, it, there's I'm sure there's so many more classics out there than I, you know, I'm not aware of because, you know, it's I've never really kind of gone outside of the box. Maybe when I was wrestling, I'll go and seek out certain like deep cut matches and such. But um, when it comes to Daniel Bryan, I the whole yes movement thing was tremendous. Um, well, first, it was the no. Uh, like he had the there was the like when he lost to Sheamus in 18 seconds or whatever it was at WrestleMania. <laughs> He got so popular after that. It was unbelievable. And the whole build up to his his match with um with Randy Orton and Batista at WrestleMania 30, which is one of my favorite matches of Daniel Bryan's, it was one of the best build ups because he just had you were hooked the whole time. And it was so you could tell that WWE didn't want to do it, but they had no choice because of the way that the fans reacted. 
they would hijack the show the the show and 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 this and that and so much controversy came out of this time uh, you know the Daniel Bryan time period too that that big push and then unfortunately he won the title and got hurt right away but um yeah the, his match against Randy Orton and Batista the triple threat main event which he had to beat Triple H for which is actually a it was a really good Triple H match but it's not on the list um his match against John Cena when he first won the WWE title uh on August eighteenth, two thousand thirteen. That was a SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yep, SummerSlam pay per view, and that's the one where Triple H turned on him and Orton cashed in. That's and, uh the that's the pay per view debut of uh Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family as well. It is, isn't it? Yeah, because they mm-hmm. debuted on TV in June. That's right. Oh yeah. twenty thirteen was a very good year. Very good, good, good era of wrestling, absolutely. And honestly, WrestleMania thirty, like, uh, like building up to WrestleMania thirty, that was probably one of my favorite WrestleManias. Um, so that one, and then I loved his. I would say it's his last major feud uh, in WWE, but his last big storyline, and his, uh, it was the WrestleMania against Kofi Kingston on April seventh, twenty nineteen. I forget which one it was, but he became this hippie, like uppity douchebag with the hemp belt, which I thought was a really cool idea, but it was funny because the way he was like, he won the belt was like, he wanted it like a heel and he was, you know, he was just talking down to people organic, this and hemp that and earth this. And, uh, and I just loved how he was talking down to Kofi Kingston the same way that the, uh, um, that like triple H and Stephanie McMahon talked down to him during his push. Be, you're a B B player, best for business, all this this phrasing. And then with one of the, you know, one of the great WrestleMania moments, which was Kofi Kingston um beating him. And that was another really, really good push too. Um that was honestly that that might have been the last WrestleMania I I sat and watched start to finish for that for that by match. I watched clips from last year's and, and the years prior, like certain stuff, but the last one that I think I watched start to finish was the Kofi, the Kofi one. So, um, so yeah. So Daniel Bryan comes in at number nine for that reason. Hell yeah. I'm going to have more to say about him in a few minutes as well. Cause he is on my list, but that is, um, it's so hard. My, my love for, um, Benoit is so hard now because, you know, of, of everything in the way his career ended, uh, and to me, uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, whichever you want to call him, is uh, everything Benoit could be as far as legacy goes. I think every everything in his style that he knew um, Brian Danielson took to the next level and is just just a more refined version of the wrestling I absolutely love um, and the one I'm the fan of most. I agree. He had like this high flying kind of bit to it. I when he did started doing the running knee, that I I adored that. I love that, and then I liked his cross face better. I preferred mm-hmm. I prefer Daniel Bryan's cross face to Chris Benoit's. The way he locked it in with the arm like angled up instead of just yeah. trapped between the leg. It was it was. I was actually very surprised they started letting him do that. But um, but yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, but yeah. Very nice. Love that. Um, 
My number nine is going to be my last homer on this list. And people are going to be like, oh, oh, you know, you you're only putting him on here because of this. Be thankful because I would be putting him higher on the list if I had my way. But because he's unknown or to a lot of people, that's the only reason he is not higher. Um, I'm referring to uh, the wrestler formerly known as Twist. Um Kevin Bennett, the Kevin Bennett, um, who is a persona in his own now. So this is, people have heard me talk about him before. This is one of my very good friends. Um, he is the one who I started wrestling training with. He's the reason I know so much about it um, to this day. He was, as a kid, breaking so many trampolines uh, in his yard that he convinced his parents to buy him a wrestling ring um, that would last. And uh, they took him up on it. He maximized it and was able to learn how to wrestle better than most people will ever learn how to wrestle in their entire lifetime. It is something that is built into him. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. I've wrestled tons of matches against and with him. Um, and the the knowledge of the game that he has and um, how easily he's able to put things together are something that I will admire my entire lifetime uh he's won championships up and down the east coast um he has wrestled for every major promotion tna aw uh wwe um he has he is a force to be reckoned with he was smash champion or in smash and being their champ when it was at its height um and it, it above all else he is such a good guy too and he will take care of his partner better than um a lot of people i know would uh, my a couple of my favorite matches of Kevin's are um, his match versus G Fatal and Jamie Anderson, which you can find the full version of on YouTube. Um, this was one of the last backyard matches we kind of did on the UIW level, and it is so clean. It is such a clean, clean, clean triple threat match. Um, all three of these guys were uh, in amazing to work with, um, and they just put on a show for everybody who was in the yard that day. Um, Again, not to be a homer, uh, my number two favorite match of Kevin's was his debut at ESW, which happens to involve my co-host. Um, so it's Kevin and Maverick Matt Milan versus uh, the Caribbean Connection, which has uh, our friend Coconut Jones in it as well. Uh, shout out, Brandon. Uh, and that's one of my favorites of his because we were training for ESW for so long and to see him finally get that moment in there, especially with you, you were a great partner to have him debut with because you guys are just two um, awesome local area guys and you had great chemistry together too with that. Uh, I I will always remember uh, Brody <laughs> berating uh, Maximo for making oh, the spot yeah. fest in that. Uh, and then last but not least, um, Kevin's match against Danny Garcia in smash wrestling is one of the main events, I believe in 2020, July or August of 2020 is an excellent match. Um, Danny Garcia, of course, um, of AEW now and of the Jericho appreciation society and other things. Um, but they put on an absolute wrestling clinic, um, that man actually all those matches as well are free on youtube if you guys want to get the chance to check them out um but yes the kevin bennett um aka twist is one my number nine of favorite wrestlers of all time that's yeah i i knew he i he had a gut feeling he was gonna be on the list um 
yeah, Kevin is tremendous. He, um, I, I love seeing him, and I, th- I think what it, like he's found success in music, and I would dare so say he in his, you know, uh, like he's found success in wrestling because of that. But I, like, he, I wish he was on TV more like he should have been signed to like a major contract like so long yes. ago he was so ahead of his time and he still is he's still young what am i talking about but it it always pained me to see people who are not as kind good-hearted um get opportunities that he does that I felt he deserved and it may and maybe he sees it a little bit differently I don't know I don't get to talk to Kevin as much as I would like but um but yeah like there's probably two people in the local area that I firmly believe should have been signed and it's one of them's Kevin and the other one's Bill Collier but yes um other, other than that like Kevin is like the best guy. And I think he's taking a break from wrestling now. Deservedly mm-hmm. so. But I have, I have very fun memories of that match. That was one of my favorite matches I've ever been a part of with Kevin went with, with, uh, with me and Kevin against coconut and Maximo. So, um, it was so fun. I loved hearing captain Dan's insane commentary at the time too. I, I, hated, I, I hated that. I I hated the, why oh, why were why were they doing commentary live? I, I'll never I'll never understand that. I never understood it either. Oh no, he's standing yeah. up. He's standing up. <laughs> but so and so has a chair, and then the guy standing up is got to pretend like he didn't hear it. It's like I never like he did. <laughs> Just spend your disbelief in wrestling. I guess oh, it was. My it God. was yeah, that was that was different. It was definitely different. That's 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 a good word for it, for yeah. sure. Different. <laughs> um, all right, on to our number eight on our list. Matt, your number eight. All right, my number eight. I'm going to put. Uh, I'm going to put CM Punk here. My number nice. eight. Uh, um, I love CM Punk and kind of what he's he's stood for. He's kind of he's always been a beat to his own drum kind of guy. And um, I don't know. I think I feel like a lot of people have the wrong per- perception of him uh, for who he is. He's a guy who st- stood up for what he believed in. He didn't kind of cave. He never sold his soul. At least I don't think so. Um, maybe some people perceive it recently, but um, but I, I've always adored what CM Punk stood for, and being this anti-establishment kind of guy anti you know authority if i if i'm gonna put my name on it if i'm gonna put you know if i'm gonna do something it's gonna be my way because it's a representative of me he's never you know i i I love his dvd where he's you know they used to hand him scripts and stuff he goes i'm not reading that like give me some bullet points and i'll get i'll get to it let me talk and i always love that um punk was always very intriguing because i heard of him before he got signed and I knew that people didn't like him, that Triple H and Shawn Michaels weren't very fond of his body of work, but he still he had his cult following. Um, kind of like how, like, there's a, there's other people around today that have, like, a cult following, but 
to me, like CM Punk was the first one that got his opportunity because, okay, he's very big in these underground spots, Ring of Honor, some of these other places. Um, and he, he just he did very well for himself. Um, some of my favorite wrestling moments of all time, he's a part of it. He's a part of it, and he's 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 so good. Um, my favorite matches of his. Uh, the first one is when he won against John Cena. I believe it was the Money in the Bank pay per view. Yeah, it was the Money yeah. in the Bank pay per view. Uh, July seventeenth, two thousand and eleven, um, in Chicago. The crowd was awesome. the The stakes for the match were were great. The build up was great, and it was honestly one of the better. John Cena matches that I've ever seen too. There's, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but like for John Cena to kind of go out there and wrestle, wrestle like a, you know, instead of like a, his style kind of like TV match, he went out and gave like, I, I've only seen few people kind of push John to that point. Sean, uh, Sean Michaels, um, Daniel Bryan, in a sense, maybe some of the newer guys, but it, but CM Punk was was a big one. I I, I love that pay per view. Um, I liked his match against Chris Jericho uh, at WrestleMania twenty eight, mm-hmm. which was it was a pretty good build up uh, for that. That was the light up jacket, um, Jericho too, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And I just rewatched this one too. He had two matches with The Rock that were so good. Um, the one where he dropped the belt to the rock was, was pretty damn good, but I actually really liked the one where he tried to regain it at elimination chamber. And, uh, it was on February 17th, 2013. Um, there's some other great ones too. He had some good matches in AEW. The one with Samoa Joe, his last AEW match or some other, other, you know, other really, really good ones too. Uh, but those three stand out the most to me. He's kind of like stone cold, where as you know, as talented a wrestler as he is, some of his segments are stand out a little bit more. The contract yeah. signing with Vince, the you know, all the stuff with John Laurinaitis and <clears throat> and so much more. So that's I got Punk at number eight because he's uh he's so well rounded. Yeah, he's had amazing gimmicks for so long and has been able to reinvent himself in a lot of ways, even keeping that persona. Uh, in researching for this list, I was watching uh, old Royal Rumbles and the one that one of my favorites came up and it's the one where he's doing the Sermon on the Mount and he's eliminating guys and then sitting, talking about the straight edge society and yep. uh, like everything with that. It, it's just such a good, uh, that's a, such a good rumble in general but him being the the main antagonist in it is such a brilliant move, and it was so telling of the time. So good. Yeah, he uh, he he's a really good baby face and a, a really really good heel. Can't can't beat it. Can't beat it. His his ability to kind of go face or or heel is is few few can, can compare. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, very good, Matt. Really love that one. Thank you. Number eight has already been mentioned, but um, of course he deserves a spot on my list. It's Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson. Um, Like I had mentioned before, I feel like with everything uh, and the controversy that uh, Benoit is shrouded in, 
I had Daniel Bryan to turn to after a while because of his technical style. Um, he's he very much kind of has a strong style of, um, you know, stiff move, uh, stiff chops, um, very technical, very chainy. Um, but he works well, unbelievably, with so many different people. Um, all of his matches and pairings in WWE are excellent. Team Hell knows one of my favorite things that's uh, ever existed in my lifetime. Yes, um, I know yes. you're a huge fan of them as well. Um, but even now uh, in his AEW tenure, he's also getting to go toe to toe with a lot of these guys who uh, are, you know, modern day best wrestlers of all time. And he's proving why he's up there with them every single time. Uh, the three that I listed, um, I actually do have the Danielson Triple H match uh, listed at nice. WrestleMania 30. Um, I thought he was able to kind of bring the best out of Triple H, which is hard for people to do. Like Triple H is very basic when it comes to a lot of different things. And, and when you get to see him um, kind of come out of his shell like he did with Batista at WrestleMania 21, like when you get that version of Triple H, you get really, really good matches. And this was one of those that um, he was able to have. Uh, more recently, um, a couple of years ago at uh, Dynamite Grand Slam, he had a match with Kenny Omega that they did a full hour and they went to a draw. And it's yeah. one of the most incredible matches I've ever seen in my entire life. And then... Um, just for me, because I am an absolute psychopath and love this match. Um, his recent match with Minaro Suzuki uh, that they did on, I, I want to say they did it on like a dynamite or uh, a rampage, like the free show on YouTube, but they definitely gave it away for free. And it was an unbelievably freaking good match. It was such a good match. And seeing him face off with Suzuki was so much fun. They had such a good style to bring with each other and really did bring out the best of both worlds. So Brian Danielson uh, or Daniel Bryan comes in at my number eight. Very good. I, I didn't know where he where he ranks on yours, but I'm happy to see that I wasn't the only one who put up on the list because it is a it is a. Uh... Yeah, he he is he's he's a modern day just just workhorse, and yeah, he can work with anybody. He can like like neither of us put it on, but he he had a really good match against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he did. I was I was looking at that one when I was doing my research too, and that is an incredible one. Yeah, and it's like the size difference. Like Brock should have killed him, and technically he we all knew that Brock was going to win, but like they made it look interesting, and that was one of the Brock's better fucking matches too. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, he he brought out a good side of him. Um, yeah, I'd say as far as the the like newer generation of wrestlers, I knew it. I had to include at least one of them. And you know, a lot of people go to Omega now and Will Osprey and all these people, which are absolutely deserving of that role of like being on anybody's top ten. But for me, interchangeably, it's either. Um, Daniel Bryan because of his technical style or it's Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is the, like the modern day stone cold yeah. as far as like j just the way he wrestles the the way he runs his mouth all the time is so good um him reinventing himself him and Jericho's um list combination is one of my favorites but yeah those are those are my two like modern day um goats if there are any out there yeah I think very fitting too very fitting yeah. too thank you very good very good. 
Okay, to our number seven on this list, Matt. All right, number seven is a guy who um, he he's been a big time player for a very very long time. He's had unfortunate stretches of injury, but this dude can kind of go away and come back, you know, better than ever. I'm talking about Randy Orton uh, for this one. I sometimes forget in how great Randy Orton is um, and how I think his legacy is like he uh, hall of fame. Like I'm, I'm iffy. Uh, like I'm weird with the hall of fame because like, it feels like kind of everybody gets in, but like he is legit. One of the, the best of all time. Um, he never went away to make movies. Like he's still kind of going strong. Like John Cena was okay. He got to a certain point. Main guy, main guy, autographs, kissing babies, make a wish, and he went off to Hollywood. Where Orton stuck around and has dealt with some rough storylines. He's he's been in some great storylines, great matches. Um, I just I love the way he can get into character, and he's like, I love heel Orton. Babyface one is fun too, but heel Orton is 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 great. He. To me, he is like, to me, he is like that. Maybe not like, uh, maybe not this generation, but he was kind of like that Stone Cold, where he never really changed who he was. He just kind of changed who he went after. Um, and he's got one of the best finishers of all time. I love, I love the quick strike ones, and the RKO is 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 one of the best. Um, my top three favorite matches of Randy Orton. So many to choose from. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, the one versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. I believe it would have been, it was, uh, the outside one, the, the curb stomp to the RKO. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good one. Um, I'm going to go for the second one when he won the world heavyweight title against Chris Benoit, uh, SummerSlam 2004. Cause I, I remember, I didn't have the pay-per-view, but I was like, there's no way he's going to win this. There's no way. And he won it. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he got that push. And I was really sad when he lost the belt and they kind of turned him heel right away. But um, I'm kind of split between two other matches here. Like as a one-on-one, I love this match with the undertaker at WrestleMania 21, but during the middle of that Daniel Bryan push, he won the elimination chamber match in 2014. Um, against like Cesaro and Sheamus and Daniel Bryan and a couple other big time like cats too. And Orton was getting like, this is really good Orton run as heavyweight champion. Like he was getting the backing of the authority. They were trying to get Seth Rollins going um, at some point. And he ended up turning, I think ended up turning face in the long run, but, um, but it was a really good elimination chamber match. So I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Cause it was, it was sick. It was a great, it was a great pay-per-view and uh, a really, really good match to kind of – you thought that Daniel Bryan was going to win, and he just didn't again. It was like the third or fourth oh, – probably fourth or fifth pay-per-view at that point where Orton got his number. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that, those are good choices on that. That was a great chamber too. Um, the thing that always surprises me when in talking about um, that Benoit match that he had was not only beat Benoit, he beat him clean – in yes. the middle of when evolution was huge too. So like 
everybody was thinking at the time, if um, he wins, it's going to be by some interference with Triple H or Batista or whatever. No, he did it totally clean. Like they made him go over Benoit really well, which added to the disappointment when he immediately did lose the belt. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't get over like so well. I don't know. I I think Triple H. I mean, obviously, he obviously had a hand in it, but like I, I felt like he should have had more time to grow. It was cool, youngest world champion ever. Like that world title belt looks good on just about everybody, but it looked great on Orton. Like I felt like that, like that belt just belonged around his waist. It just like if I was to ever get a replica belt, it would probably be there's like two people I'd get. It is Orton. And there's one other one who's on the list, and uh, it just it just fit him so well. So, but yeah, agreed. That's my number seven. Excellent, excellent, absolutely love it. Thank uh, you. My my number seven is, <clears throat> you know, he may honestly creep up on this list at some point uh, in the future to even higher. But this dude just reinvents himself constantly. Um, since the 90s and is making a case at just becoming with his resume the the goat just based on who he's worked um, over and over and over again to incredible results um, I'm talking about Chris Jericho yep um, Jericho since being in ECW and WCW in the 90s to um getting to the Y2J uh, phase where he interrupted the rock on raw to becoming um, the undisputed champ when WCW, WCW and WWE emerged to the work he's doing at AEW now. Like this dude is unstoppable. He is absolutely unstoppable. You could go to any decade in the past 30 years and be able to pull out like at least two or three five star matches from Chris in each like each decade. You find something different that he's worked with. Um somebody who just brings the best out of him. And it's amazing to see um what his longevity has become. Um, you know, from when he was, like I said, why uh YJ, uh the undisputed phase. Um, the light up jacket, which you talked about, which he was like the the save us Y two J good kind of persona with that. The list Jericho, um, Le Champion, which he was doing in AEW, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which it, it went off without a hitch. Um, I wish Omega didn't get hurt because they were they were doing like the Golden Gods gimmick as a tag team, and I would have loved to see, um where it would have eventually gone with them and how much content they could have put out together. Um, but uh, my top three favorite Jericho uh, matches are, I've brought this up in the past, this match, but um, him versus Benoit at Royal Rumble, I believe 2001 or 2002. Um, it's for the Intercontinental Ch- Championship. It is a ladder match, and it's one of the best ladder matches you'll ever see. Um, the image of him giving Benoit the walls on the ladder is always oh, yeah. such a it, it's such a cold image. I absolutely love that snapshot. Um, the whole feud he had with MJF was just incredible. Um, I didn't put a specific match of theirs on here because I thought their chemistry worked so well together. Um, and they were able to create really, really good matches to the point where when he finally won, you were really looking forward to that win. Um, 
And then last but not least, him and Shawn Michaels had an incredible run of history throughout the years. Um, but him and Michaels at No Mercy 2008 is probably the best match they've ever done together. Um, that that was their best feud by far. They had such a good storyline that year. And um, that match is just absolute perfection between two incredible, incredible wrestlers. Um, so Jericho comes in at my number seven. Yeah, I Jericho is like just outside the top ten for me. Um, but yeah, he's always found a way to re, like reinvent himself, which is really, really cool. Like, and that's what you have to do in wrestling. Like there's few people who can kind of maintain one image forever. Like, okay. Taker can stone cold Ric Flair, you know, Shawn Michaels kind of could until he didn't look anything like a kid anymore. Um, <laughs> amongst some Among some other, you know, among some other things. But Jericho is like, it's so weird because he's never been like the guy. You know, he's never been like the main guy, but he's always found a way to stay relevant. And that's like be around the top, but never be like a top guy long term. It's 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 hard to explain. But those are the kind of guys you want in in your in your company. So, yeah, I think that's a great choice. And yeah, he, he legit just missed out. Yeah. I, I agree. He's he's somebody that, like I said, based on his longevity, he could find a spot higher on this list at some yeah. point for me. But um, with that being said, on to our number six for our list, Matt. All right. So my number six is uh, he's most recently been billed as the GOAT. Um, in my opinion, I think he's been the best face of WWE that they've um that they've had in my, in my personal opinion, I know many will disagree, um, but I'm talking about John Cena uh, for this one. And John Cena became, was the right guy at the right time. He had a great work ethic. He was waiting for his number to be called. If Brock Lesnar never left WWE, I don't know if John Cena ever would have got his shot. He might've been in like the Randy Orton role where he was kind of like the top, like a top bad guy, but They took their time with building him up. He was super cool. He had a gimmick that nobody else did. Um, And it was the, the the rapping gimmick was so well done. Um, You know, he wrestled a lot. He had, he had a a hip hop kind of urban style, which was, uh, which appealed to a lot of people at that time. You think about rap, you know, rap music being probably it's most popular in the early 2000s. And he was kind of the he, he was kind of there. He, he he tested himself out. He put out a rap album. He put out rap music. You know, he did movies. He did all sorts of stuff. Um, and the one thing I really like about John too is that he never he's never gotten in trouble. Like maybe the, the, there's like a little bit of an ego thing, but he, he's never had like I'm not trying to tear you know certain people down, but there's never been like a big controversy like out like outside of the wrestling ring. Like never like an arrest or or abuse or anything like that. John Cena is really, really good, down to earth, um, seemingly hardworking guy. And uh he lived his gimmick and he still does to this day. And I, I get excited when I when I get to see him because I'm like, man, there was a point in time where I didn't want to see him around anymore because it was just too much. But now like I look back, I'm like, man, like I'd love to have that spinner belt, the uh, the US spinner belt. Like there was just so much. Plus, 
my first WWE show that I went to in like one of my first in like 2003 was the one he turned face at in Buffalo where he beat up Ray Mysterio and then helped John Cena and, or he helped uh Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit beat Brock Lesnar, Nathan Jones and Matt Morgan. So, mm. uh, but my top three matches is one against JBL when he first won the belt uh, at WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. He has a really, really good one against the undertaker at, at from vengeance 2003. Yes. And then uh, the CM Punk one that I mentioned, <clears throat> one of his better wrestling matches. So, um, but Cena's had a ton of great, 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 uh, you know, stuff. But those are the ones that stand out to me. I agree. Those are um, some really, really great ones of his. He did miss out on my list for now. Um, but I do, I don't even know. I don't even know why. There's something about some of these guys that just relates to me a little bit more. Um, than it does with Cena, but obviously in the era I grew up in too, John Cena was the the coolest wrestler at the time. He was the one you really, really were behind, especially when he first won the belt from uh, JBL. That was that was a big, big deal in the WWE world. Um, and yeah, he be, he became he became so respectable because he exceeded expectations all the damn time. Uh, by people he just said he could put on some of the best matches with people that you're like oh they they would outwork him nine times out of ten you mentioned some ones earlier like um daniel bryan brought that out of him cm punk brought that out of him uh more recently he had worked uh aj styles at the royal rumble a couple years ago and that was one of the ones too where i was like damn you've got it with absolutely everybody don't you like you can you can work you can make freaking water wrestle really well i don't even know what that means but he'd work a good match against it i matt demoris in like a youtube short the one time worked a pair of pants in a match and he made it look hilarious and like incredible and i feel like that's the exact thing john cena can do with that oh absolutely yeah cena's he's he's so he's so cool i when i did the extra work in 2013 i really wish i would have got to meet him even though he probably would have been you know, secluded, but I would have loved to have meeting him. Yeah, for sure. Um, very good, Matt. I really love that. Thank you. My number six is someone that you're definitely going to have somewhere higher on this list, I'm sure. Um, but Kurt Angle is one of the best wrestlers of all time, and you can't tell me otherwise at all. Um, between everything he went through coming up, breaking his neck, uh, during the Olympic trials or, or going to the Olympic trials with a broken neck and wrestling all the way through that. Um, his hearing his stories about finding doctors over and over until he, he found one that um, would clear him by injecting him with cortisone shots in his neck until he could go through um, his drug addiction was insane um, when he went through that. Um, but he still found a way to work incredible matches with all these people even through all the personal struggles he had and is for sure one of the greatest of all time based on his body of work and based on um just how relevant he was able to stay throughout his entire career he could talk man Kurt Angle could cut a damn promo all the time he was so so good um even in the comical stuff when he was some of the things as a heel, when he would say stupid stuff and then just do it to play the 
the one I'm referring to specifically is um, you. I'm sure you see this pop up all the time online, but it's when he's talking about Rey Mysterio and he's like, oh, he's like, you're a boy and I'm a man. I'm a man who loves to play with boys or whatever. <laughs> and like, and the crowd just starts reacting. He's like, no, 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 stop. Wait a minute. No, I'm not doing that. He, uh, he mentioned that recently too on, um, I believe it was Rogan when he did Rogan. He talked about like doing stuff like that, but he yes, knew, yes. he knew exactly what he was doing with like his writers and things. He was able to become really, really good and versed doing that. Um, my three favorite matches of his. So some of these two, um, I meant to mention this before. Some of these entries I have on here feature other wrestlers I have on this list. But I, I also, I didn't include them on um, both lists for two reasons. Um, first, I wanted to kind of diversify it a little bit and add some stuff that people may not know as well. Um, but two, and most importantly, I wanted the person to kind of be the centerpiece of the match a little bit. Like, what defined this person and why do I like it based on that? Right. Um, so included on my top three angle matches are him versus The Undertaker at No Way Out. Oh, yeah. Um, fantastic match. Um, One of the best by both of them. The Undertaker is later on my list, which is one of the reasons I wanted to mention that now, because I would put it on both of them if I could. Um, but Angle is for sure the star of this match, Um, and it deserves to be mentioned. Um. Uh, him versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21. Um, that is yeah. the best pairing you possibly put a could have put together for the time at WrestleMania. They complemented each other so well. It was very much a game throughout the match of anything you can do, I can do better. And it worked so good for both of them. Um, and then last but not least, him versus Benoit at WrestleMania X7. Um, they are two of the best technical wrestlers that have ever lived. Um and their style went so, so well in the storyline of um, Benoit won't make me tap. He could never make me tap. And then them continuing it in the match of him tapping and the ref not seeing and him getting the win over Benoit. It, it was it was perfect storytelling all in all. Um, but Angle comes in at my number six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Angle's definitely on the list. Um, and I, I for sure will be talking a little bit about him when we get to that point. But um, I'm glad. I think he, I think he is like he very fast rising and uh you know just a tremendous performer like it's it's crazy his whole life story i I love the documentary they made on him and i don't know if you've Mm -hmm. seen the one the nbc or or peacock did um great doc i love kurt angle and i have one of his books at the studio i and i got it was like right when he got first signed and it was kind of cool because there's a reference to Brock Lesnar who was in developmental at that time, like at, at, towards the end of it. It's it's really it's a really good book. I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I have to. His book is one of the few ones I haven't read, and I need to do that. Yeah, feel free to borrow it. Feel free to Thank borrow you, it. Sir. Appreciate it. Of course. Um, just like that, we're on to our top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Matt, lead us off to number five. All right, my number five is uh, is Christian on here. Another guy who's I, I think has been criminally underrated his entire career, um, often overlooked. It took him a little while to kind of re- like to hit that stride to kind of like get a personality. I, th- I remember there's a long stretch where he was just kind of like there, like he was just Edge's tag team partner. He wasn't like he was just. You know, it was Edge and Edge's tag team partner, Christian. That's the way it felt. 
Um, but when Christian kind of started going with his, you know, he got like a push after WrestleMania 19. He won the vacant IC title. He cut his hair. He started doing the My Peeps thing. He did the Captain Charisma. Yeah, and then he eventually got like the new theme song, and it just took him over like the, the moon. Like people wanted him to win so bad. I remember, um, I was so excited when he uh, when he started getting his push. Like he, John Cena got drafted over to Raw, and Christian got like a title opportunity at Vengeance 05 against Jericho in a triple uh, against John Cena and Jericho in a triple threat match. Then he got traded to SmackDown and he showed up for a six man battle Royal, uh, like elimination match where the winner was supposed to get a, the, the, the SmackDown title. And then that Batista ended up getting drafted and Christian was the last one versus JBL and the crowd went nuts for Christian. And it was so, it was like cool to see that. Okay. Maybe I wasn't the only one who's seen what he potentially had. And, uh, you know, they came here, Great American Bash, and he had a match with Booker T. And Booker people were T booing. They were, they were booing Booker and cheering for Christian, um, which I just rewatched recently too. So, um, there's a there's a couple of really good ones. I had a hard time kind of narrowing down this one for the top three matches, but um, I loved. So when he won the NW TNA NWA title against Jeff Jarrett from I think it was December second. 2006 I'm pretty sure that was the date um it's either 05 or 06 I I had it written down anyways um when he beat Jarrett for that um which was major or maybe he did it on the maybe it was February 12 2006 anyways he beat Jeff Jarrett for the title it was a really good like good match Christian went there because he wanted opportunities and that's why he left WWE um you know, he, he worked up to it, and they had a really, really good match. And people kind of, you know, have their – Jeff Jarrett never overly appealed to me, but seeing those these two kind of underrated guys go at it for a title as big as the NWA title was was awesome. Um, I loved when he came back to WWE finally, and he won the uh, – he beat Jack Swagger for the ECW title, the WWE ECW t- title. You guys were talking about it on was it Saturday? For yeah, your show yep. and it was that show was so bad, but Christian made it worth worthwhile. Like he he made it like fun to tune in that there, and they had a really really good match. Jack Swagger's another dude who's underrated too. And for um, sure, I'm gonna go. He had a match against Randy Orton at SummerSlam 2011, where he Christian won the belt, the heavyweight title. Lost it a couple of days later to Orton. Turned heel to win it back, and they had a, they had a really good match at SummerSlam. And I think Orton RKO'd him on the steel steps in this one. So, um, yeah, tremendous match. I love Christian. Uh, he's he's one of the few wrestlers that I would I would pay to meet in an autograph session. Yeah, I agree. Um, he has done a lot of what edge did with carving out his own career and making a name for himself in a lot of ways. And it took him a little bit longer. Um, and I think TNA impact helped a lot with that and establishing a lot of his popularity, but, um, he's, he's an incredible wrestler in his own right. He's so good that when 
he came when he came to um AEW and won the Impact title off Kenny Omega, people cared about Impact again for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's how good he is. That's how much people care about Christian and the work he does. Yeah. And because him and Edge are pretty much carrying AEW right now because it's not looking good over there. In my opinion, it's not looking great over there, but Christian it's and not. Edge are are uh, are kind of doing everything to uh, uh they're doing everything to make it you know somewhat interesting so dude when uh, Matt Jackson's wife isn't working for AEW anymore you know the ship is freaking sinking <laughs> I I hate to say it like that but like yeah they're yeah. like I'm almost wishing at, at one point like a year or two ago I was like MJF is uh gonna make AEW famous again and now I'm like. MJF should probably go to the WWE at, at some point. He just for longevity's should. sake. Just for longevity's sake for him, man. <laughs> for um, his own sake. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, God bless AEW and all the wrestlers over there. They do have some damn good matches sometimes. Um, very good for your number five. Thank you. Um, my number five is uh, a man who... Another wrestler who had their career cut short and then all of a sudden came back and had all these matches against people he just shouldn't have had matches with. Um, the original kind of one to do this. I'm talking about Mr. Shawn Michaels, uh, Mr. WrestleMania himself, the heartbreak kid. Um, always was getting talked about as too small, too skinny, too this, too that, to really um, succeed as a pro wrestler, especially in the time period that he was in. Um, but he politicked enough and did his own things enough to establish a really good place in the company um, in his original run. Um, he was definitely a piece of crap when he first came onto the wrestling scene. He was a whole different person. Um, his book was absolutely fascinating to hear him go back through some of the stuff at a time period where he was removed from it and could see clearly about how much of an asshole he was to everybody. Um, but they, uh, yeah, he, uh, politics his way to the top a lot with a lot of different things. Um, hurt his back in a match with the undertaker very famously. Um, and then had to go away for about four or five years, came back on an episode of SmackDown being an enforcer for the new NWO that was around. Uh, And then, yeah, right. Weird, really, really weird to think about. Um, And then from there made his way back to wrestling in an absolutely incredible match with uh, Triple H at SummerSlam for his first match back. And then went on to wrestle for about 10 more years and have the best matches of his career within that 10 year span. Um, including certain things like the DX reunion, which was ridiculous, but it kind of needed at that time in wrestling too. I feel like in a lot of different ways. Um, but my top three matches uh, for Shawn Michaels are uh, his Iron Man match with Bret Hart. Uh, one of the first real pieces of old school wrestling that I got to see um, when I was first getting into it. And one of my favorite matches ever Uh him versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26. He is the star of that match because everybody knew at that point that it's probably going to be his last one. 
and um, him versus John Cena on the Raw after WrestleMania 23, which is one of the best matches you'll ever witness in your entire life. Yeah, um, but one. he, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But he is number five on my favorite wrestlers of all time list. That's a great choice. That is a great choice. I got. Let's see. One of my next ones has a match against him. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no doubt that Sean was one of the the best showmen of all time. Uh, like his comeback was, in your opinion, what do you think was better? His original run or his comeback? comeback. Like his comeback run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Comeback. By a lo- country mile. He didn't, he barely won titles. He really didn't win any championships. Maybe I think a tag team title. He mm-hmm. just, he legit just had the best match every night, usually. And that's that's how good of a worker he was. So I love that choice. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, all right. Top four for our favorite wrestlers of all time. Okay. Number four. Um, this this guy had the uh the little brother syndrome and uh he played it perfectly. And I and and in my opinion, I think as a total package, he was far superior to his um, possibly more famous and more more renowned brother, but I'm gonna pick Owen Hart here at number four. I loved Owen I, again. I thought he played the uh, the little little brother role perfectly. You know, the jealous little brother role um, to Brett perfectly, and like I love when they were. I enjoyed when they were aligned. You know, when the 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 heart the heart foundation towards the end, but um. They had some really great battles. Owen had some great music. He had the, the the blonde hair. I thought he was he could be more gimmicky, which I think outshone Brett. And I again, in my opinion, I think as a worker, his he he had a little bit more of a high flying style compared to Brett's just pure technical. But Owen can work, man. And I, I think it's a really shame. It's a shame that he never won anything. You know, uh, he never won a major title. Maybe he would have if he stuck around, but according to Shawn Michaels and a lot of other people, he didn't politic. He just kind of wanted to come in, do his job, and kind of like a Kane. Kane, like, dependable, did his job, put on great matches, and whatever happened, happened. But um, my top three matches for Owen, um, there's one against Brett at WrestleMania 10, which was the opener. It was a really, really good one. I think people should watch. Um, where he ends up beating Brett and it set up a whole storyline for Brett and Owen for, I think it culminated at SummerSlam 94 would have been um, him versus the British Bulldog for the European title. I think they did that one in Germany. Really, really good one. It's, it's always fun when you can have matches with people that just know your style and just so much chemistry. And then um, he wrestled Shawn Michaels after the screw job on New Year is well New Year's Eve Eve twelve twenty nine ninety seven uh, that went to a DQ. He had Sean and the Sharpshooter and Triple H hit Owen over the head with like a kendo stick or something, and it went to DQ. But throughout before going up to that, it was a really really good match. So, um, so yeah, Owen Hart number four. Love that. I never got to see enough of Owen um, in my wrestling days. I definitely have watched a lot of key matches of his. Um, and really enjoy him as a performer, but yeah, he is, he's definitely an underrated member of the Hart family for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wish, yeah, that 
I, I remember being really sad when he passed away. I didn't even watch the pay-per-view, but when I heard about it, it just broke me. I tried to find an Owen Hart action figure forever. Oh, I bet. Yeah, very good. I love Thank that you. pick. Thanks. Um, my number four um, is going to be another comeback story um, in wrestling. Someone who was able to carve out a path in a lot of ways where everything was against him at all times. Um, Christian's other half, Edge. Hey. Um, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love Edge. Um, someone who also in parts of his career went through a lot of controversy in a lot of ways. Um, everything with Lita and Matt Hardy, which kind of pushed him a little bit, which was so weird. Um, but even before that, him being uh, part of one of the most innovative tag teams ever um, in that same era with the Dudley boys and uh, the Hardys who were just creating gold every time all three teams were paired together, even two of them in a match. Um, he's, he's incredible because he was so decorated as a team wrestler and he was just as successful as a solo one, um, which is so rare to find the balance of. Um, multiple time world tag team champion, multiple time United States champion, intercontinental champion. He's won absolutely everything. Um, won the first money in the bank match and then shocked the world by pinning Cena when Cena was on top of the world. Um, and then went to, went on to have incredible, um, gimmicks and feuds with people. Um, the edge heads being a thing was so, so, so good. Um, it just just everything, um, everything he did in the later half of his career in WWE, and then being forced to retire, coming back, being able to work guys like um, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, who he always talked about working um, on his podcast if he ever got the chance to um, come back to wrestling, and even him being you know one of the best parts of AEW right now. He's just he's done everything. And um, he deserves all the love and respect that he gets nowadays. Absolutely. Um, my favorite matches of his are um, him versus Kurt Angle at, I believe it was Judgment Day or Vengeance. It was the hair versus hair match that they did, which yeah. I don't think anybody has ever cared that much about a hair versus hair match in their entire life. But he he made it work because of his locks and just the stakes they had with him and Angle going into it. Um his match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 24, they main event the entire pay-per-view, and he absolutely deserves it. They put on an incredible match that night. And then um, one of my favorite matches ever, him versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22. Um, he he was like, "You're not, I'm not going to be champ leading into Mania. All right, bet. There's not going to be a better match on this whole thing. Which... It, it, Cena and Triple H is close. It is it is a close second, but him versus Foley is the best match on that WrestleMania card. Both technically and both technically and violently. It is it is absolutely disgusting how good that match is. Um, but those are my three entries for him, and Edge comes at my number four. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I like Edge a lot. He, he, they tried to push him a couple times and he always ended up like hurt. Like I, I know he was challenging Brock a couple times and he got hurt and I was like, man, what could have been, well, he ended up having a really good career anyways, but I, you are right. Like I, I thought it was always funny that he did end up like 
when he the whole Lita thing, he ended up getting a push out of that. <laughs> like how messed yep. up is that? I never put that into perspective. Such a weird thing, and because Matt went public on the internet, he like he kind of got shunned a little bit for it. It was so weird, so yeah. so weird. Oh yeah, what a time to be alive! Oh for uh, sure. All right, uh, top, top three. three. On our favorite wrestlers, Matt, your number three. Okay, my number three, in my opinion, is the most real, one of the most real wrestlers, believable wrestlers of all time, um, and that is Brock Lesnar. Uh, God, dang it, this dude is so strong. He just looks he he is a throwback to the eighties, like the size of the eighties and early nineties kind of wrestlers. Like he would have fit in perfectly with that era. Maybe his style not like was a little bit much, but like he looked like he was chiseled for the 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 Hulk Hogan Hercules, you know, Hulk Hogan era with like Hercules and Paul Orndorff and all these giants. Um Brock was another one who had influence in me becoming an amateur wrestler and just because of his success and you know, he he just Dude was a killer. Just a freak athlete. And again, you believed everything he did, which was, you know, it says something in the world of pro wrestling. Um when he came back, I couldn't I couldn't believe it when he came back in twenty twelve. And he's been he's had a really great run since then. You know, time time away, time coming back. Like it's it's funny because people used to shit on him for having the title and disappearing for a while and then coming back and defending it. But then Roman Reigns does the same thing, and it's like it's it's heralded. It's it's so weird. But uh, my three yeah. favorite my three favorite matches from Brock, um, two of them are from his first run, and they're both against Kurt Angle. The one is from WrestleMania 19, which is my favorite wrestling match of all time. Um, first time two accomplished amateur wrestlers uh, main evented to WrestleMania, and it was so good, uh, minus the Shooting Star Press. The other one was an Iron Man match on September 16th, 03, as a SmackDown. And it's actually a really good one, you know, uh, for Kurt Angle, too. I don't have it in his top three, but um, for Kurt, because his sister died a couple days before he went out and wrestled this 60 minute Iron Man match, and they killed it. And Brock won the title back in that one. Um, and then his match with The Undertaker, where he broke the streak. Because the. Nobody's seen that coming. If I, it's weird because there's a couple people that maybe in hindsight you could have did it, but I think at that time Brock was the best guy to do it. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. But yeah, Brock is number three for me. That's a really good pick on there. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just if I had to put a list of like best pure athletes I've ever seen on there, with Lesnar would probably be in the top five as far as just his athleticism and how he could excel in any sport he wanted to, it was really kind of insane. He was a gift for wrestling. Yeah. I mean, the dude was on top and he's like, nah, I've had enough. I'm going to go try football. I'm going to go try football and I'm going to go to UFC and dominate there. And then I'm going to try, you know what I mean? Like it, dude's a freak. It's insane. He, I'm going to just going to go out and uh, go to the UFC and knock out Randy Couture real quick. Yeah. What the hell? Seriously? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen his fight with Shane Carwin, but Shane Carwin ta- gets Brock Lesnar to the ground and pounds on his head for four and a half minutes, and Lesnar just survives and then come back. It comes back and chokes him out. Like, I, I, I remember who, that one. 
insane. Shane Carwin's got like the biggest hands I've ever seen too. I don't know. Yeah, Brock handled business, man. Dude's a dude's awesome. He's a tank for sure. Um, very good. Going from one extreme to the other with one of the biggest men you've ever seen in your entire life to one of the smallest wrestlers to ever succeed um, in the history of business. Of course, I'm speaking of Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, just one of the, the the best luchador of all time, for sure. Um, made it such a mainstream uh, thing of the mass wrestlers and Mexican wrestling being um, promoted in the public eye, but wrestled for such legendary companies. Um such as ECW, WW, uh, WCW, um, WWF, and everywhere around the world, he's been a part of it. Lucha Underground for a little bit, um, and continues to stay relevant even uh, as a little guy who people have seen a lot of his gimmick before, but he continues to just have incredible matches with people anytime um, you put him up for the task. Uh my top three Rey Mysterio matches of all time um, are him versus John Morrison uh, on SmackDown in 2009 for I believe, the Intercontinental title. Um, it's one of the first John Morrison matches I saw where I was like, oh, damn, this guy can actually like wrestle because, you know, he had the whole gimmick with um, M&M and like everything like that. But as a solo star, this is where you really got to kind of see all his colors go through. It's a really, really good match. All these matches actually are SmackDown matches, which is hilarious. Like he has incredible matches on everything, but it shows like he could give you a pay-per-view quality match um, on a Thursday or Friday night at any given time. Um, So him versus Morrison on SmackDown 2009, him versus Kurt Angle on SmackDown in 2006, which um, this match... The match I'm speaking of particularly is when Angle was about to go to ECW and um, Ray was world heavyweight champion. It was like the last one-on-one one they did before Angle left. And it is perfect. Beat for beat is absolutely perfect. I love whenever Angle and Ray would work each other. Um, but in that instance, it was the best they did. Um, and then his match versus um, Andrade on smackdown in 2019 uh because obviously they're two uh wrestlers from a wrestling lineage they have a lot of the same style and they know what they want as far as telling their story and the heritage's story in wrestling and they put on a five-star match on the friday night smackdown that is is worth re-watching over and over again um but ray comes in at my number three he will always be one of my favorites ever yeah ray can still go man i i do enjoy at Ray's still around. It, it's weird because he disappeared for a while. Like he went away for a while. And it's like, I don't remember. Like, like it's so weird how like it's small, like the short period of time it was. But he was gone for like five, six years. And he just came, maybe a little, little bit longer than that, just came back and he was killing it. So still going strong. Oh, he's got a surgery, but he's, he's still pretty, he's going pretty strong. So yeah, it was yeah. Good, good stuff for Ray. For sure. And he had, you know, I know a lot of the reason for him coming back was to get Dominic in the business, too, and make sure Dominic had a really clear uh, path. But regardless, it's so cool to be able to see him wrestle just everybody and anybody. Yeah, he just had a great match with Logan Paul a couple months ago, man. Like, it's 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 insane. It's it's so good. 
Um, yeah. Shout out to Logan Paul too for actually giving a shit about wrestling and not taking it as a gimmick. I will always like I give him a lot of shit because of his YouTube fame and like just him being an influencer. Yeah. But he takes that shit seriously. Yeah, he's been one of my favorites to kind of watch and just come off the streets and just just go. Yeah. Uh, he's he's so con- he's really consistent about it. For sure. Um, all right, we are on to our top two favorite wrestlers ever. Matt, you're number two. All right, number two is one you already mentioned. It is Kurt Angle. Uh, another reason why I started amateur wrestling and, and the reason why uh, I, I got into pro wrestling. Uh, I did see he's coming to Nickel City Con in June or July, whenever it is. I'm really excited about that. They're getting a lot of good wrestlers in. Him, Kane, a couple other ones. Um, but Kurt was just one. He just, you know, he, he was goofy which is always great. He can turn on the goofiness, but he can turn it off and just be super serious too. Very intense, like a scary intense. And uh, I, I enjoyed watching what Kirk can do. His tech, he, he he brought amateur style, much like Ken Shamrock did to the pros and uh, uh, and and found cool creative ways to, to make it happen. And it was just, yeah, he was just, I was just a, in love with the idea of Kurt Angle and his music and just his whole persona and, and everything in between. But uh, my top three matches for Kurt was uh, his match against Brock at WrestleMania 19, which I mentioned uh, the undertaker match, which you mentioned from no way out. Oh six. And the match against Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 17. That is a technical masterpiece. And uh, one of the best matches in WrestleMania history, undoubtedly. So, so there it is. Kurt Angle, number two. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I've said a lot. A lot of what can be said about him, but he really is just so damn good. It, it is. It is unbelievable the athletic talent he had. And I can. That's another guy who he was supposed to be. I can't remember the exact circumstances, but he was supposed to be on the first season of the Ultimate Fighter for the UFC. Yeah, and I wonder what ended. What could have been when it came down to that? Yeah, I think he was just too beat up at that point. But God. If he would have went it fresh out of the Olympics, I think he would have he would have been a stud. He mm-hmm. would if he would have been one of those pioneers like Couture or some of those other guys, he would have been a he would have been a stud. Yeah, for sure. Um my number two is the best uh living wrestler I've ever seen. Um, which is ironic because his gimmick is the opposite of living. Um, it is the Undertaker. Hey. Uh when when I first got into wrestling, he was one of the people I was first just blown away by the ambiance, the gimmick, the way he um, didn't really let you in on his world at all while he was in pro wrestling. People don't um, see this now because he's retired and is putting out so much content, but all that content that's coming out now is because he was not saying a word about it while he was an active wrestler. He was keeping everything so close to the chest, which is what is so cool about hearing him open up and tell stories about certain things now. And um, he he just kept this mysterious persona uh, about him always, which made you kind of question who he was outside of the ring, like, how he acted around people. Like if I saw an undertaker interview somewhere, it was so rare. It was like, it it was so rare to see him talking about anything as far as wrestling. For sure. Um, But he, he was one that 
you could tell how good a wrestler was or how far they were going, depending on how he acted as far as working a match with them and the quality of the match they could do with the undertaker. Um, I've already mentioned him a couple of times on this list as far as matches he's had with people. Um, but my favorite matches where he's kind of the cornerstone of it are him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. This one is about him and fighting for the streak as, as hard as he could. Um, and him really having the highlight match, um, him almost breaking his neck in this match is always crazy to me every time I see it. Um, I, I still don't know how he rolled through that at the last second the way he did um, as he was diving outside of the ring. Yeah. Um, him versus Orton at WrestleMania 21 is on my list, so I'm glad that you kind of left uh that one off Orton's because it'll give me a chance to talk about that. They were both in such a good place at the time. Um, Randy had lost the belt that summer. He needed a little bit of direction and him and Undertaker were paired together for most of that year, which was an incredible feud. Um, and it pushed Orton to the moon, being able to work the Undertaker like that too, and just gave him time to really learn the craft even better, um, which I always appreciated for him. And then, of course, one of the most classic matches ever in WWE history, his Hell in a Cell versus Mankind in King of yeah. the Ring, which is one of the most violent matches you'll ever see in your entire life. And so um, so telling of what was to come and like the Attitude Era and all the crazy things you were going to see in the WWE. He's, he's one of the reasons, him and Mick are one of the reasons that that happened. Um I will always have such a high level of respect for The Undertaker, and I uh, will always appreciate all the memories he gave me watching SmackDown. I do love the fact that once SmackDown kind of hit UPN and he was over there, that he was very much like a SmackDown loyalist, and he was the cornerstone of SmackDown forever. He never went to Raw in the time that I was watching wrestling. Yeah. He was the highlight of people wanting to tune into SmackDown all the time. Um, and it was one of the things they had a one up on Raw always is you had The Undertaker on SmackDown every week. Uh, so he will always be the one of the goats for me because the one I have higher is, is deservingly so. Uh, but The Undertaker is my number two on my favorite wrestlers list. Yeah, he is. He is great. He's my brother. I think pretty sure he's my brother's all time favorite. You know, we bonded over him because SmackDown we could actually watch. It started earlier than Raw at the time. But it was nice. Yep. He was the SmackDown guy. Um, and he again, another guy who kind of changed with the times. Like when he started opening up and doing like the biker undertaker stuff, like that was mind blowing to me. But Dead Man, Dead Man rules always. Um, yeah, it was kind of sad at the end because people were kind of just like, all right, please retire, Undertaker. And I like, I hated that. Yeah, but at the same point, too, he also wasn't like, doing a weekly base basis of wrestling anymore he was kind of doing it where it's like oh okay maybe i'll come back for SummerSlam here or i'm gonna be um working wrestlemania which they kept him to working just wrestlemania matches for a while so he wasn't overdoing it which i'm always so thankful for like flair was getting to a point where it's like dude, you got to stop wrestling every week. But Undertaker never got to the point where I, I didn't want to see him weekly. And I'm always so thankful they kind of kept the mystique with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... 
Yeah, just I, I think I was at one or uh, a handful of shows where he showed up and the lights went out and the gong hit. It was just oh, it was so crazy cool. It's the best. It's seeing his entrance live is one of the coolest things. <laughs> it really is. It's it's yeah. It's one of those things you have to be there. You have to. You had to have seen it once. Or you just don't understand. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, without further ado, we are on to our top favorite wrestler of all time. Matt, lead us off with your number one. All right, my number one is. Uh, Rick Martel, which is a very random one. Uh, another guy who I felt like was constantly overlooked his entire career. He was really big outside of WWF. Um, I loved him because of the model gimmick. I remember, I remember having him in the WWF Royal Rumble for the Sega, and I pick him all the time because I liked his music. He had the pink gear; it stood out. Um, but when you go and watch like his matches, like I used to brag about, like just studying all his stuff. He had some really, really good matches. This dude could go, and he could have been a champion just about anywhere. The thing that hurt him, though, in the WWF was the language barrier. He spoke English, but he had that Quebec accent, so that he would you weren't gonna get. He wasn't gonna be the main heel champion. Um, and actually, I don't think he ever. He only won tag team titles in in WWF. He won like a TV title in WCW, but that was about it. But I love Rick Martel. He, if you go and watch some of his just his matches from years gone by, it is he, he, this dude can go. Like my three matches on here, two of them are time limit draws, and they were against they were NWA versus AWA champion matches. Uh, the one from 1984 was against Harley Race. They went an hour, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is really like like Harley Race was that dude. And, uh, yeah, it, like there were some really good matches there. He went time limit draw with Ric Flair in Japan, which is a really good match. And then the one I mentioned on the underrated matches list, the Razor Ramon Intercontinental title match uh, from September 27th, 93. He put over uh, he put over Ramon in that one to win the it, you know, for the IC belt, but that's what Rick Martel was. He was a guy who you were going to, you were going to get great matches. Look at Kurt Hennig. Like you were going to get great matches out of him, no matter who you put him with. And, uh, but he was never like, he would, he could never be the guy. So, but yeah, Rick Martel is my number one. Rick Martel did his job perfectly. No matter what the assignment was, he's one of those guys that you just gave him what he's doing for that night. He just handled it with no complaints or no problem. He was incredible to watch. Sure did. <clears throat> yeah, I very much love that. That's a really good number one for you, Matt. I didn't even, I remember you mentioning that before, but that's a really, really, really good one. And I think it's telling of you and your the style of wrestling you like to watch perfectly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Honestly, when we get off here, I'm probably going to just watch a bunch more matches. <laughs> probably me too. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to like go over some highlights and stuff. Uh, very good. I love that. Thank you. Um, my favorite wrestler of ever is the late great Eddie Guerrero. Um, he is my favorite style to watch in wrestling. Um, the Luchador kind of high flying mix with technical that he brought to the table every time. Um, you could tell who he was friends with and he, who he was learning from best and the, the style of wrestling you love by his friendship with, um, 
Benoit and Dean Malenko and these guys who are really technical and who really just lived and breathed wrestling and who wanted to put forth their best quality product. And um, Eddie was someone who was really hard on himself a lot of the time. The pressure of being champ really got to him when he held the belt because it, it was a big deal for him. And um, the love and respect he always had for the business will be unmatched by anybody, I believe. Um, especially because he wanted his family name to stay as respected as it was um, in his time. But he's another guy who, whatever you gave him as the assignment, he was going to do it, and he was going to do it to the best of his ability. Um, three matches of his that I love. Him versus The Rock on Raw. Um, I believe it's right after they do... Uh, is it no 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 is it vengeance where they have the triple threat match with um the rock kurt and the undertaker Taker. Yep. yeah yeah so it's it's the monday right after that vengeance i believe and it's the rock's first match as champ with eddie um it is such a good match and uh at one point the rock tries to hit a rock bottom on Eddie and Eddie turns it into one of the most beautiful arm drags you'll ever see in your entire life, just flawlessly. And, uh, he, he just worked such a good match with the guy who was the guy at that time. Um, him versus Kurt at WrestleMania 20 is just an era defining match. Um, and the, just everything at the end, even with, uh, the, the boot gimmick and Kurt going for the ankle lock and having the shoe come off. It was a very eddy way to end that perfect match that they wrestled. And then um, of course him versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 21. Uh, it is his last WrestleMania match. Um, him and Ray opened the show perfectly. I believe to this day, they are still the only tag champs that have ever faced each other at WrestleMania uh, sure, while yeah. they were still champs. Um, so it was, neither of them had anything to do with that WrestleMania and they needed something to do. They 100% needed to be on that show. And then, and them opening that the way they did five star, it was, it, it was perfect. Um, I miss him very much. Uh, I wish that there were times where he would pop in and make like a legends appearance. And like, I could just hear the crowd pop for him one more time. Like I, I, wish that more than anything but um eddie guerrero will always be my favorite wrestler of all time very good yeah eddie's uh number one in a lot of people's hearts and minds and yeah i remember crying like a baby uh when he passed away i was not ready for that sitting there because yeah. i watched all these grown men cry and it, it, i was 15 16 at the time yeah couldn't, couldn't comprehend it so yeah, it was wild. So hard. Yeah. But he's he left behind an unbelievable legacy. And, you know, a lot of wrestling wouldn't be what it is without him. Uh yeah. So that was that was our list of favorite wrestler our favorite wrestlers of all time and their best matches. This was a really, really, really good list to go over. Yes, it was. Again, I'm glad we're kicking off the new year with this and I'm kicking off my final five episodes with uh with this subject. So it was a really good one. And uh, yeah, I love any reason to kind of go back and, 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 and rewatch old wrestling stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, we have another list section list next week. Uh, 
Matt, do you care to explain what we're going to be doing for our next topic? Yes. So um, what we're going to do is I think everybody has like various teams that they root for in sports um, across all different sports. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick 10, uh, 10 teams that we've root maybe rooted for, can find a reason to root for, be excited for, and pick our top three favorite players of all time on those respective teams. So it could be, you know, baseball, basketball, hockey, football, uh, and some of these other, you know, some of the other, uh, you know, various sports we can find a team that we like and and kind of go from there. So um, going to be some creativity in, in this one, maybe kind of reaching deep down inside and seeing who do I really like. Um, but that will be that one, the favorite sports team af- uh, athlete kind of combo list there. Love it. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun one to do. And I'm going to have to do some deep thinking for this one, but it'll be a really, really good one to put together. I am looking forward to it. Me too. Uh, I hope everybody out there had a great holiday season and has a great 2024. Um, As always, if you want to hit us up with any ideas or any feedback we have, um, you can follow us on social media where eat sleep list most places um, and just continue to take care of your hearts and minds in 2024 um, and behalf of Matt and myself do you even list